Hello and welcome to the Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave where they're still trying to wash out all the pickle juice from the ceiling of from uh, from New Year's Eve, whatever, whatever that even means. The man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall with the one and only Lori. Hey, hello. Every other week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news happenings and burning topics in the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. Well, guys, we uh, we made it. We made it out of 2021 into 2022. How about it? For a hot second there, I, I wasn't so sure we were ever going to make it to this point. <laughs> I knew we'd make it. I just didn't know, uh, know how well we would come out of it, though. Oh, man. <laughs> going to be uh we were all going to be washed away on cali river rapids in october (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's uh it's a little strange obviously we're still in this weird kind of like quarantine-ish not really quarantine-ish but covid-ish kind of uh groundhog day kind of situation but man i do think I, i don't know about you guys but i've been i've been looking back at kind of last year into this next year it has been like such a strange year, but uh, but there was some there was some good stuff that went on, right? Like we made it back to the parks. That was a big thing. Yeah, we oh, went yeah. to uh, to two park. Well, more than two parks. We went to quite a few parks actually. So I think I think that last year I went to more theme parks than I ever have in any other year before. Yeah, I'd say that'd be the same for us as well. Man, it's a lot of theme parks, right? Disneyland, California Adventure, we're capturing those as separate. All four Disney World parks, two Universal parks, and then, uh, at least for me, SeaWorld. That's pretty insane. I think that the closest maybe I came to that is when I went to the Asian parks all in one year. Still nothing. Nothing compared to the Park of Palooza of 2021. Yeah, that was a lot of walking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to adjust my uh my back, my lower back, especially, and my and my feet from that. Yeah, totally. But uh but yeah, man, it, it's been a pretty wild ride <laughs> because like we started off 2021, right, with uh with Disneyland reopening, we finally had Avengers Campus reopen. We got a chance to experience that, obviously, separately. But, uh, but yeah, that was pretty wild. We finally got a chance to see that Snow White re-theme. That was pretty intense. And then, as you're talking about, we, uh, we were able to make an October trip to Orlando happening right in between COVID spikes. We just, like, threaded that needle perfectly. Yeah, we couldn't have planned that better. Man, it's like a good thing we weren't planning for a holiday or before pre, pre-October pre kind of trip. That would have been rough. But I don't know, man. Those definitely some major highlights for me. Was there anything else that uh, that happened in 2021 that, that sticks out to you guys? Hmm. I got a uh, a pickle corn dog. That was... <laughs> oh yes that was cool (laughs) 
<laughs> downtown Disney and did that. That was, remind me, that is the, um, the hot dog stuffed into a pickle that's then deep fried. And then it's served with a side of peanut butter. Yeah, is it was correct? like a pinko crust that they fried in. And, and yeah, it has a, like a dipping sauce of like, like a peanut butter dipping sauce. I wasn't too crazy about the the peanut butter. It didn't really need it uh, to me, but uh, but it was good. It was it was super crispy. It was pretty good size as well. So it was it was good times. How was the pickle, Henry? That's that's really what everyone wants to know. It was a good pickle. It was better than the pickles that I got in Disney Man. <laughs> last year. <laughs> You definitely, that was a low light for 2021. Henry struck out on, uh, on finding the, 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 a decent, even Disney pickle. That's, that was a major bummer, major downer for sure. What about you, Lori? Was that, uh, how was the pickle corn dog extravaganza? It's, I didn't have any, I don't think. I don't care for hot dogs, so I oh, didn't Henry. even, I, I don't care for hot dogs, oh. so it wasn't his fault. Um, I think I did get a bite of just the pickle part with the panko around. It's like, okay, that was good. But I mean, just the experience of it, seeing him with his big old grin and his, and his pickle corn dog. Yeah. That was, that was worth it. <laughs> yeah. Satisfying. Live vicariously through him. Yeah. Always a good idea for Henry, for sure. That's uh vicarious yeah. is the way to go. Um, what was it like? I definitely had a very, uh, it was a strange experience for me, but what was it like being back in the park, Disneyland specifically, after, uh, you know, like two years, over two years of, of being uh, away? What was it like? Uh, it felt good, but then it felt weird because, you know, it felt like it felt familiar, but different. Like, cause they had changed stuff and, you know, particularly at Disneyland and, and DCA, I'm used to seeing like, ha like more like, uh, carts for like your, for like the, uh, turkey legs and, and for churros and stuff. And they still had some carts, but they definitely were a lot less. And then, uh, you know, certain stores weren't open or restaurants, certain restaurants weren't open. And then the restaurants that were open weren't serving everything that you're used to seeing. And that was kind of a bummer because you want to go in there and you want to get your favorite thing from them. But it may not be sold at that time. Like, uh, like the pot roast wasn't being sold over by... Um, by Tomorrowland, they were just selling the fried chicken. So, yeah, Plaza. Oh, Plaza yeah. So it was it was kind of weird. Like you want to go, but then uh, Lori likes the pot roast, so it's less incentivizing to go there for for dinner if she can't get the pot roast. Uh, plus, getting like reservations for like you know you we usually get a reservation for like either for uh cafe orleans or blue bayou but those things were so hard to get uh 
now. So it's just, it, it feels familiar. It feels good, but it does feel like less a lesser experience now. Yeah, because that's the first time in many years, like, we never rode uh, Radiator Springs Racers because they didn't have the Fast Pass up. Mm. So we ended up passing on it because we didn't have the park hopper, so it was going to be the whole day in that one park. So it's not worth it to wait in line for, you know, a a couple of hours, which is, I mean, before it'd be, we'd have the park hoppers and every single day get to the park get to DCA, get our fast passes. All right, let's go to Disneyland and then pop back over mm. later. Yeah. So it's like, we were, it's exciting that we got to get, go back. But there's so much that we weren't able to do that we normally do that. It's like now, yeah, we're ready to go back. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I got roasted in that uh, radiator Springs racer queue line. It was, it was brutal. Just all, all sun, no shade, not, uh, yeah. And it's, what's the, why didn't they like think of that too in it? They should have like at least put up some more shade or something for that line because they know that's one of the bigger lines. Yes. It's always the biggest line in DCA, maybe other than maybe uh, web spinners, but I mean, that's usually the biggest line. And then it's the most brutal line to be in for a long time. Yeah, my uh, my face, my back, my neck, my arms, my uh, th- they all would have appreciated that for sure. So yeah, it uh, definitely was a little, it was a little all over the place for sure. Going back, and I agree, it was like you so much of that Disneyland experience and and Disney Park experience anyway is just so much of like nostalgia is baked into that, and you have your kind of like must do's and your touch points that you have to hit whenever you're in the park and it yeah it was uh it was just being really weird not always being able to do that it just felt it, it you're 100% right it felt really strange and and uh just not quite the same you wanted it to be the same but it definitely it definitely wasn't and your uh your comments about reservations man i, I feel like 2021 uh, especially for Disneyland, but this is this is kind of you know it started over with Disney World when they opened, but it's been like 2021 was the year of the reservation, right, <laughs> for Disney parks because yeah, not only did you need your reservation for dining, which was next to impossible to get, so so difficult. I had the exact same experience. I tried to get a reservation for anything, and it was like nah, it's just never never really happened. And, uh, and, uh, and then you need, yeah, your reservation for the parks with the, with the park pass system that's going on now. Uh, you know, we had the, the introduction of the, the magic key, which, uh, which replaced the, the annual pass holder system and they have their own reservations and, uh, and of course, blackout dates and it's super confusing in the way that Disney is handling all of the different reservations and how, how you know when they're releasing reservations for for magic key holders is just super confusing it's uh it's generated we were talking about this just a little right before we hit record but yeah there's like a whole lawsuit being generated around it it's just uh, it's it very confusing like it definitely isn't uh, if you if you're looking to get into the park right now, either as a magic key holder or even just as a day guest, there's just a little bit more legwork that's required. And that's before you even dive into like 
lightning lane, new fast pass, you know, reservations or anything like that. <laughs> That's a whole nother headache. Yeah, I mean, the, the introduction of reservations has just made it more difficult for people who like to plan ahead for their trip because you can't, you can, you can plan ahead, but you know, they may not, you know, release reservations until like too close to like the actual day that you plan to be there. It's, it's just so like, I mean, there's like, you know, stories of people who had planned to go on a vacation and they had, done all the plans they got all their like they were flying they got their hotel and everything and then they finally they bought their ticket they tried to buy tickets and get reservations but they couldn't get reservations for the parks they wanted to go to because they were they were out of reservations um and then of course me looking into getting reservations too i've found that you know sometimes those reservations like aren't available but then like the week of, you know, like if I was going to look at this week to go, you know, like a couple of weeks back, they were all like, there was no reservations available. But then say, if I look now tomorrow, I could go, but, <laughs> but I can't yeah. drop, like, I can't go at a drop of a dime, go down to Disneyland. So it's like, yeah. I need more time. And it seems like, you know, people who definitely are going to want to like save up for a trip, it's much harder to have like confidence in that you're going to be able to have a frustration free trip, especially not only that, but like you're limited to like three, three days or three reservations, uh, park reservations in at one time. So if we're we generally go for like five days. I can't have those five reservations set up before we go. I have to basically go get like use one reservation that will free up one so I can make another reservations. Hopefully they'll have reservations available at that time. Uh, it's just such a, a pain now to try and make a trip longer than three days now. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely some new challenges, uh, introduced in 2020 year of highs and a year (laughs) of lows, man. That is, uh, that is definitely the truth, but looking into 2022, the, the year ahead of us now, Lori, what's something that you're really looking forward to? Cause I I do think there are a few things that, uh, that are pretty exciting on the horizon. here. I don't know what I'm excited. I'm excited to (laughs) get back to the parks. Maybe hoping it'll feel a little bit more like normal, but I don't think there's anything specific I'm looking forward to this year. I know there's something she I know something that she's looking forward to, and she's forgot of it now at the moment, but uh they announced there there's talks of the electric light parade coming back to Disneyland. Oh uh, yes. Electric Light Parade. It's happening. Yeah, they announced that. Because that was, uh, Electric Light Parade was going on when I first went to Disneyland. And I was maybe like six years old. And even the last time I saw it, or I guess the first time after being a child, like I remember the music. I remember all the floats. I remembered everything. So, yes, that's definitely, yes, 
Yes, Henry. I'm look, very much looking forward to that. <laughs> and uh, and are you guys thinking you might make it back down there during Halloween time and actually get to check out uh, the Haunted Mansion holiday? I hope so this year. Um, we'll see what happens, but <laughs> I would like to because going to, uh, to Disney World and experiencing Halloween over there made me just kind of miss our halloween over here at disneyland more yeah no i uh i agree with that for sure and and you're right it's october is and and september october that whole kind of halloween season is a is a long way off i think we have it kind of bookmarked penciled in i don't know what you would call it we're hoping to maybe make it down to the parks uh you know taking our kids for the first time down there um in that kind of time frame as well. But man, the way that things are going, like these days, it's just hard to lock in too heavily and get too heavily excited into plans that far in the future because just who knows where anything's gonna be in terms of uh in terms of health-wise for for the area. But um, but yeah, it would be great, it would be great to go check that out for sure. I mean, that is one of those things we I know you guys did that yearly. So I'd been doing I've been doing it yearly for a little while now. And uh and yeah, it was definitely one of the things that I missed this year being at Disney World rather than at Disneyland as well, which was like, oh yeah, man, it's, it's I like their haunted mansion like we talked about last uh, time, but there's something there's something so much fun about haunted mansion holiday that just takes it takes it to a whole new level, man. It's good times. Yeah, I mean it's it. Yeah, I mean it's also the nostalgia of us having. It's something we're more familiar with, and for Lori and I, it's been something that we've definitely been doing for many, many years. Like I think the first time uh, I took Lori down to Disneyland, it was around October time, and then that just became the time we go, and. Uh, I think at this point it's kind of weird for us to go outside of that time, but it, you know, we always try to still hit in October. If we don't go before October, that's fine, but we definitely always feel like we need to go during October time because that's our time. Totally. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Um, it's weird too, like looking at uh, all of the announcements for stuff coming up this year at uh, at Disney parks. It's definitely not a ton going on at Disneyland, at least in terms of new rides. Like we know that Toontown is coming. That's not coming until 2023. It's probably, I mean, that's the case for Mickey and Minnie's as well. So it's just kind of like a gap year, which hopefully is just like what you're saying. Yeah, it's just a return to a little of that uh, normalcy. I think if if that's achieved by the end of the year, by that October timeframe, let's say, I don't think anyone's going to com- complain because that would be that would be good times all around if uh, if it's a little more normal. So that's something to look forward to, if nothing else. But um, but yeah, just on the on the other coast at Disney World, it, they they have some stuff going on there too, like Guardians of the Galaxy, Operation Rewind. I'm definitely looking forward. 
to that. It's a it's a franchise that's really fun. It's always good times. It's another coaster, which is always good times. It's a, it's a first real coaster going on in Epcot. It does feel a little weird having a Guardians of the Galaxy ride in Epcot. It's not the best fit, I feel like, but um, but whatever. I mean, it's it's gonna work. And everything we've heard about it just sounds pretty wild. So uh, so that should be pretty cool. And then I'm I'm also curious just to see how this uh, Star Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser turns out. Uh, uh, just there's been so much recently, uh, just kind of wild uh, speculation that it that it is not all that it's cracked up to be, and people canceling and and just kind of Disney putting up uh, promo videos and then taking them down. That wow, it's just if nothing else, I'm just super curious to just see how this sucker lands. <laughs> what's the what's the first what's the first like month of reactions gonna be? And is it gonna be worth that five grand for you know two two nights, three days? I don't know, but I'm so curious. I am so I think, curious. I think I am predicting that a bunch of streamers are gonna post a bunch of good stuff about it because they got like Disney brought them in for free so they could experience it. And because you're, yeah. you're not paying for it, you're not going to be as picky as to what the experience is. At least that's how I would see, I would expect from them. But I would really, the people I really want to hear from are the people who actually pay that five grand or whatever to, uh, to experience it. And yeah. I don't know if we're going to, hear from them and I, so uh, i mean we'll see what what happens from that it's, it's going to be interesting yeah 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 for sure i've i have a former coworker buddy that's booked for march and he's confirmed booked he's he's i mean his deposits in it's not refundable at this point i've great faith that he will be very honest in his uh, his feedback so if nothing else nice. we can trust I'm him i'm glad i mean yeah this will be good. Yeah, no, we've got, we've got, we've got a control. Cause I, uh, I mean, it's like, man, I just, oh man, now I'm really excited to hear when he, do you know when his date is he's going? Uh, I, I'd have to ask him when his specific date is, but he, he's still pretty excited. He's been, um, he's definitely like a hardcore star Wars and Disney person. He's been putting out, uh, he has like six costumes that he's trying to, choose what to dress as each day so he is like full costume fully committed to it um but like i said he is like i trust the feedback that's coming from him he will tell it like it is despite how hyped he goes in so uh um yeah we'll we'll just see but we've we've got a man on the inside henry that that that's for sure all right sounds good so we'll see that's but like i said who could go either way. We're, 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 uh, excited to hear how that all goes. So yeah, it'll be it, it, I, right. Just return to normalcy. I think if we, if we get a little more of that by the end of the year and yeah, a couple of these new rides and feel good about our trips to Disneyland, then, uh, then we'll be, I think, I think 2022 will be a good year then. So we'll, we'll see how all that goes. But, uh, but yeah, man, speaking of Epcot and those Florida parks, we have one more Florida park to, I guess, technically two, but really one, one, one major Florida park to cover from our trip all the way back in October. Now it's been, uh, it's been, we've really been uh, 
dripping out the uh, content here, stretching it and, and making the most of it. But, uh, but yeah, so we also went to Universal. We were talking about the Disney parks previously and, and uh, the Disney events. And I guess we technically did talk about Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. So a little sneak preview there. But, uh, but yeah, we spent the day at both of those Universal parks. I was there for one day. Henry and Lori stayed an extra day. They went there for two. Um, and so just to lay a little of the groundwork. So yeah, we woke up very early on our first day before the sun had even had even risen and uh, Ubered it all the way over to the Sapphire Falls Resort. Which, uh, which right now, anyway, is the only hotel on Universal property that sits within that preferred category. Um, on the kind of higher end, you obviously pay quite a bit more, but you also get um, you also get uh, unlimited access to express passes. Um, so we didn't get that, but the preferred did have uh, early park entry, which was. Great. Talk about that in a second. Um, and we also had access to that that super cool canal boat, which was a fun way to kind of get to and then leave the, the park at the end of the day. Not sure if it was like a make or break kind of factor, but added a little uh, added a little uh, kind of splash of fun to everything. Uh, we started out in Universal Studios because that's where the early entry was for that day, and then as soon as we were able to, we transferred over to. Islands of Adventure, but uh, so that kind of sets the table, if you will. What were your guys's feelings around the Universal Orlando parks? Let's start with since we started at Universal Studios. How are you feeling about it? What was your what was your major takeaway there? Well, I mean, it's been a while since I've been there. I had been there previously, uh, but it's been over twenty years since I've been there. So, um, it was, it, it felt, uh, really good. Actually. I was kind of surprised that, uh, like, uh, between the, uh, the Disney parks and the universal parks, I actually felt that the universal parks were more surprising to me and a, a better experience overall. Um, because I felt like, uh, it, it had a lot more surprises for me, I guess. Um, it felt you know, definitely like noticing the big difference between our Universal Park and here in Hollywood, Universal Studios Hollywood and Universal's uh, Orlando was <laughs> they have two two different halves of the Harry Potter land. And uh, that other yeah. half we don't have is actually really awesome. Uh, so I, I feel like, uh, I'm glad we went. Uh, I think now I'm going to be kind of still a little bit jealous that we don't have that other half here in Hollywood studios, uh, universals. Uh, so I just, uh, it was really good to finally experience that full, like Harry Potter land experience. Yeah. And Lori, how cool was Diagon Alley? And then also the major ride there, Escape from Gringotts. Like that was, both were just spectacular, right? That was right? amazing. Because I like, comparing to like the the two parks, so our, 
the Hollywood studios, it is a lot smaller. Like, it seems like there's, you know, like areas where there could be stuff going on, but there's not really in the, the Diagon Alley. There's stuff just everywhere. Because we're going with the last night and going through and looking at all the little quarters you can note down. And there's like singing the shrunken heads in a window just in some, you know, random back alley. It's like there's just so much to look at. And I love taking my pictures. <laughs> there's tons of opportunities to meet the stack pictures, trying to get pictures of the dragon. And the ride was just so much fun. Even the queue for it was just so much to look at, so much to see. It's like sensory overload. So I, I loved it. Yeah. And I think Henry, you were even saying like, this is like Disney at its best caliber ride, right? Like for, for, oh, yeah. Uh, Green I think it, it shocked me because I don't think before we got there, I had never heard of Escape from Green Gods. So it was like kind of mm. surprising to me that, that this caliber of ride people aren't talking more of. Um, but it also makes sense after you, you, you ride some of these other rides. I mean, Universal's definitely brought it, you know, as far as like the thrill rides and everything, they definitely have more thrill rides at U Universal's Orlando and, uh, and Hagrid's man, that, that ride was awesome. So good. So good. Such like, uh, it was like a beautiful combination of coaster and animatronics and just kind of like cool scenery gags. And, uh, you know, Hagrid's, there were like a few examples of rides at Universal where you really did feel, I mean, I know that magic is kind of like a very Disney sort of a term, but you did feel the magic and just like how well-realized that experience was um, for, for I mean, most of the Harry Potter stuff that we rode, right? Like e even just that transfer between, uh, you know, uh, Islands of Adventure and Universal Studios on the Hogwarts Express was like spectacular. Like it was just so well done and well-realized and, and uh, you know, you the fact that, you know, it's basically you have to have a park hopper but it's this, it's like the coolest perk ever, right? Like if that, if nothing else, that's the reason to get a park hopper because you can take the Hogwarts express and like go through a train station, get on the train and then have like a full adventure experience, just transferring from, uh, from park to park. I tell everybody, I, like we talk to, I tell them like how awesome that was. I mean, it's just, it's so it's so awesome. Like, it's so kind of like simple and, but yet it pays off so well. Like you don't think of like a train ride, like being like an awesome ride, an awesome experience, but they make it that by putting in these like awesome details, having that monitor as a window. So you can, so it feels more like you're traveling to Hogwarts or from Hogwarts and then having that other side, which doesn't look like, you know, it looks like a uh, frosted window, but having it as another monitor to, you know, show like interactions between characters, you know, to also give you that 
immersion into this this world of Harry Potter. And that is something that the Orlando Harry Potter parks do really well is they immerse you in the world of Harry Potter. And the Dagon's Alley uh, is much better that half, because we do have the other half of of the Harry Potter land at uh, Universal's Hollywood, uh, is so much more immersive than the other half. Because like Lori said, the you go down the back alleys and there's so much stuff that's just off the beaten path that you can run into. And, it, and you go like, well, I'll go down here. There's probably nothing down here. So I can just like sit down and rest and like, oh no, there's more stuff. It's like, I need to, now I need to keep going down this path and figure out and see all this stuff down here. It's like, you know, it's just, there was just so much to check out and it was just so great. Well done. Like, it's just like, you just see of how big of a mistake it was for Disney passing on Harry Potter. <laughs> Missing the boat on Harry Potter is just like, oh man, you people just, oh, you should have just done what you wanted. <laughs> but it was like, the, the ultimate irony is that then, it, I mean, it really legitimized Universal as like a top tier theme park company, right? Like before that, it was very much kind of like in, the, in that B tier. Every once in a while, they'd get some like really great ride. But uh, but it was really yeah that Harry Potter land that uh, or Wizarding World of Harry Potter that really just launched them into a whole yeah new level. and then you think of like well they didn't get Harry Potter so they went and got like Avatar and Pandora and like while Pandora looks good <laughs> it ain't no Harry Potter <laughs> it doesn't even come close to Harry Potter it's like yeah, yeah no. <laughs> like, get me wrong. I actually love yeah. the, the Avatar movie. I love it a lot. But yeah, Harry Potter is so much better. <laughs> little and little did Disney know that uh, Avatar would be uh, coming under the fold yeah. eventually. Anyway, so <laughs> it was like a it was like a little little taste of things to come. Uh, yeah, it 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 was really something else. I mean, it was just. I think. I don't use this term lightly, or I don't use, I, I rarely have the feeling in a theme park. Um, and you mentioned Avatar, and Avatar came pretty close, though not fully, but really walking around in Diagon Alley felt like you were in the movie. Like it really legitimately felt like a film set just completely in real life. It, it, it was just, you know, there was no kind of like it, it didn't feel like there was a lot of cheating you know there wasn't like a lot of like yeah if you squint it kind of looks pretty similar this aspect looks pretty similar it's like no no this is legitimate like the storefronts from the movies are right here and in those stores you can get the products that you've seen or read about or heard about you can get all those products there. Like they have them. <laughs> and, and if you, you know, have a Harry Potter wand, you can do spells and there's all sorts of stuff, uh, you know, everywhere throughout it that just makes it even more interactive. It was just, it really was, uh, expertly done. It, it, it just was, yeah. it was nuts. <laughs> it was crazy. They achieved, totally they, wild. they achieved cars land of of for yes. universal they basically go. immersed you in the movie with with Diagon Alley so yeah definitely like 
it's just it just went to show like i i i don't think i it really dawned on me until seeing that that universals to this point may have surpassed disney in in making lands with with harry potter because they they did cars land but avengers campus and in galaxy's edge have been kind of like stumbles for disney they did they kind of kind of dropped the ball on those whereas now you hot yeah and then universals brought it with harry potter and now you know after seeing the harry potter land in orlando and then all the stuff that we've seen from japan's like super nintendo land i think i think universals is, is going to take the crown for like whether they become more popular than disney i don't think that's going to happen necessarily but as far as actually making good good quality lands i think universal is going to is beating disney right now and if nothing else how exciting how excited does that make you for epic universe their third park that is currently under construction oh yeah i'm i'm definitely super psyched for that not to mention well not to mention the super nintendo world at uh at hollywood studios universal yeah for sure with donkey kong being added to it as we speak pretty they're moving forward on it. So, uh, yeah, for sure. So speaking of going with just like amazing new Universal rides, Lori, how did you feel about the Velocicoaster? <laughs> what was your what was your take? Weightless. I felt <laughs> that was insane. It's if I was going just for thrill rides, I would just ride that over and over and over. It's like that was intense. Like just the many, like how much they sped you up, how much they flipped you, how many times my butt was out of the seat, even going through the queue and they're like, all right, everything out of the pockets. And then going through the metal taker, like, oh, you met everything out of the pockets. Okay. This is no joke. Yeah, they were not messing around with that uh, that security for sure. And even just like the the lead up to the ride itself was wild. Like that queue was so fun and really like you know again we were, we were just talking about immersiveness. Really immersed you in this kind of world of Jurassic Park in this raptor you know uh, encounter in this raptor paddock where uh you know they're they're doing these kinds of crazy experiments the fact that like you know you see those windows where the the launch for the coaster goes by and then they have like the the images of raptors chasing the 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 ride vehicles even though it's like a real ride vehicle it's just it was like whoa totally unexpected you're going around another curve and it's like oh they've got animatronic raptors that are just you know in their kind of shackles and they're shaken and they're grunting and they're like, you know, really pissed off. Uh, just such an amazing cue. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the ride itself, holy geez, you are just moving fast. They've got like that. It's a lap restraint system. So nothing over your shoulders. And yeah, hundred percent, Lori, they throw you around 
in just like, you know, uh, I don't know if I would say comfortable, but it was very smooth. The entire experience was smooth, but you just, yeah, never felt like you were going straight and you always felt like there was some inversion coming or some like, you know, they were speeding you up really fast so that they were going to then dip you down so that you were out of your seat. It was just, it was wild. It was, and yeah, hundred, you described it a hundred percent where it was like, as soon as I was off, I immediately wanted to hop back in line again. It was like, yeah, I could do, I could do this all day. This was, this was so incredible. It was like, I think we just looked at each other and we're like, whoa, that just happened. <laughs> this is totally unlike anything I've ever ridden in terms of roller coaster. It's totally wild. That ride got me by the boo-boo. I mean, <laughs> when we got off that ride, I know you guys were like, we should go back. I want to go back on that. I don't know if I could have took it a second time. My heart was pounding <laughs> so much after we got off that ride. Because, I mean, for the, the time of the ride, I I felt weightless the whole time we were, like, riding that thing. Yeah. And I just felt it was, like, they they have, like, the animatronic, like, raptors in the in the coaster area and every ride during the ride and everything. It's like, why did they even bother to put those there? I didn't have time to look at anything. I just saw blurs and stars and weightlessness. And it was just insane. But that is, was a thrill ride. Like, Holy crap. That, that ride was like almost too much for me. I thought if I would have went on, I might've had a heart attack on that. That thing was that that was that was a intense ride. Uh so but it was good. It was definitely a good ride. Yeah. It it is just yeah, it it a whole different level. I mean, this was really at uh I know you know, SeaWorld is oftentimes thought of as kind of like the coaster capital of Orlando. No doubt. I mean, again, like I'll I'll touch on SeaWorld a little bit later. Velocicoaster takes the crown just in terms of being the best coaster currently in Orlando. Totally wild. Um, and and after that, it was like, you know, we rode Incredible Hulk. It was like, what are we doing? Come on. Like, <laughs> this is old and busted. This is I just I could have I could I could have waited in line for Velocicoaster and it may have been a little bit longer, but I, you know, could have just done that again. Um, hard to go back for sure. But, uh, and then in terms of other highlights for me, like ET ride, come on, like they've got the ET ride there. It's, uh, I remember riding ET back in Hollywood, uh, and you know, totally nostalgia fuel. It is, it's a ride that absolutely shows its age. It's questionable. Even uh, I think when it came out, I remember writing it and it was like super strange that you go to E.T.'s planet and it is just like the biggest acid trip you could ever imagine. Uh, and but uh, but it was just a lot of fun in terms of it being nostalgic. It's, you know, Universal is not known for holding on to some of its older rides, unlike Disney. Um, and so, but it's so, it's, it's nice to see that they've at least got one sticking around, even if they no longer, uh, even if ET no longer reads back your name, which used to be like the coolest thing ever, but not anymore. Oh, it's fine. I, I accept that. 
Um, and then the, the other big thing, Spider-Man, are we, Henry, are we at a point now where we can confidently declare a winner of Spider-Man rides? I don't know. I mean, Oh, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I think the thing is, is like, you know, it's, it's Spider-Man. I don't want to like, you know, choose between like, like my my two kids you know which one do i love more you know it's <laughs> it's like it's like multiverse right that's the big thing in spider-man right now it's all it's like a different multiverse. It's, it, i i would say they're both both fun rides uh one is more a ride and one is more more interactive so they're they're different rides but they both are fun um i i don't i don't think i would if they were both like in the same place, the same park, I would probably go between the two of them back and forth a couple of times. So it, I would, I would ride them probably evenly. Um, but I still love the 3d in, uh, the Spider-Man ride given when we were riding, when we went through and rode it, it was broken. So it wasn't showing right. So that's also not fair to judge it this time either. Um, for that reason. Um, but, uh, but it was still fun. And I, I enjoy that 3d in that ride because it feels so much better than, than the 3d that they put in. I mean, it's the same ride, uh, mechanics that they have for the transformers ride, but it feels like it works better with the Spider-Man ride than it does for transformers. Mm. I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah, I was going to say, unlike Henry, I, uh, I'm confident in declaring the better Spider-Man ride to be at Islands of Adventure over Web Slingers, okay. for sure. At least, again, for me. Lori, I don't, I don't want to steal your thunder here, but you're the tiebreaker, it sounds like. See, I think for me, I prefer the Web Slingers. So. Man, <laughs> insane. Insane. I, I like I do like the interactive experience. I do like that it's updated and it's fresh. You know, the one thing going through the the Spider-Man in Islands of Adventure was like it seemed very dated. Especially going inside, and you definitely see is like those animations they were showing on the screens. Like that's definitely a, a 90s cartoon that I might have grown up with. It's like oh, we yeah, could have yeah. yeah, especially because Disney just built a Spider-Man ride. Maybe we can just polish this one up. Don't redo it. Just maybe update the animation a little bit. Make it a little more relevant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Other than that, like it was fun. But it's like as you said, it's like, okay, well, I've, I've done the Transformers ride. So this is about the same. I did like the feeling of weightlessness again with what running into. Was that Dr. Doom? It's like that was different. But I, I still prefer the web slingers. I'm terrible at web slingers, but I still I still like it. I think I like it more. <laughs> hey, fair enough. She fair enough. She, you know she likes web slingers because not only is it interactive, but every now every now and then she gets to smack me and get away with it. It's a bonus. <laughs> we'll be we'll be playing and all of a sudden i'll get smacked i'm like why are you hitting me i'm going <laughs> for that barrel over there couldn't you see it that's the extra bonus for sure um yeah it, 
Your feeling of could have used an update is something I felt about a large portion of Islands of Adventure. Like it, it is, I felt a little bit about this. I felt that way slightly about um, Universal Studios as well, but I felt like there were some pretty large pockets of Islands of Adventure where it was just like, what is going on here? Or like, these are some like really like, you know, the, the comic strip area was like, these are some really old references that are being made to like comic strips, which haven't been around or are like 60, 70 years old. Like it, it and there's just either not much there or there were rides that were just kind of like, yeah, didn't feel like they were lighting the world on fire. It was just, I, I don't know. Even, even um, I understand that like, Marvel is a the way that Marvel's handled in the park is a little they're locked in uh based off of that deal that they had initially with Marvel but it just yeah it felt pretty old and dusty <laughs> right like you know even just like Dudley Do-Right being a uh also being like a an IP that they're using is just kind of like is who this is not doesn't feel relevant and unlike Disney where they can get away with that because it's like, Hey, this is classic nostalgia that we're mining. Like that isn't going on at universal. So it, it just felt it made the, it made the park feel older than it was like, you know, there are parts of islands of adventure that felt really cool and fun and exciting. And then there were like those parts where it was like, what, what is, what's the plan here? It feels like this whole area needs a refresh. Yeah, it's interesting because I think when I first went to like back like around like 90 something when I went to uh the Islands of Islands of Adventure and uh Universal's Orlando, it was like Islands of Adventure was like the new hotness. So it was like mm. fairly like, you know, everything was new at that point. So, uh, now it, you're right. It feels like islands of adventure is needs updating while like uh universals feels a bit more fresh, which is kind of like the opposite of what it felt like when I went back in the nineties, that first time it felt like islands of adventure was fresh, but universals was, was dated. And it feels like they've updated universals a bit more than they have, for uh they have of 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 islands of adventure and yeah those comic strips are it's a weird situation where it's like for me it felt cool a little a little bit cool it felt dated for sure but it was still kind of cool to see those old comic strips that i remember back in the day like way back in the day i remember all those comic strips i mean there was a maybe a, a like a handful that I might not have recognized, but I knew a lot of them. So it was making me feel pretty old at that point too. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> not something you ever want to be feeling. Anything, yeah. But. It was, it was just kind of like, wow, like so many blank uh, stares that like looking at these like comic strips and not knowing where they came from. And then me just looking at them. Oh, I remember that one. I know that one. I know like, uh, you know, it's Beetle Bailey, Beetle Bailey, Blondie, <laughs> uh, Kathy, 
uh was it hagar the horrible it's just like all these like (laughs) comic strips that people have no idea who these comic strips are from like kids these days don't even get papers i mean i look at uh my in-laws get a still get a newspaper so i always whenever we go over there i look at their comic strip because that's always out for me to look at and like none of those comic strips are in there anymore (laughs) and they're actually pretty sad um but anyways (laughs) uh but it, it it's just like that is a a little sense of nostalgia but yeah everything else it was feeling pretty dated for sure I, I will agree on that. The whole parks, they have this very 90s feel. Like, it feels like I'm on vacation, you know, in the 90s with the grandparents. But it's it's less of a nostalgia and more of the dated. Yeah. But, and it's like, so, and sometimes, sometimes that kind of worked. Like, the, the concept of Islands of Adventure, where it's sort of kind of like a pulpy throwback. I, I like that concept. And in some ways, like, it looked... It, 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 it can be sort of timeless, right? But it's just then that kind of concept with the mix of uh, of just like very locked in time franchises <laughs> that, you know, like are very specific to a time period that maybe aren't particularly relevant uh, right now. It's just like, it's tough. It basically feels like, yeah, this is IP for IP's sake. Um so who knows but yeah it's like that's the kind of park where you'd have some indiana jones style ride right like yeah that kind of stuff makes sense um and would fit really well obviously if we can't use indiana jones but something like that i don't know um the, the one thing also that stood out to me and again like limited exposure but from uh from the research I'd done and then being on the ground in the park with the exception of a few options, one of them being the leaky cauldron, which we went to and was great. The food options did not feel like there were a lot of heavy hitters. Like it felt like it was still kind of mostly generic or just not that satisfying and, uh, you know, enticing options that were available. I don't know if you guys felt that same way. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, we, we had, uh, I mean, surprisingly we did go to, uh, at Dr. Seuss land on the day that, uh, you weren't with us. We went over there and had some, um, uh, Lori had the who hash and I had, uh, their version of green eggs and ham. And it was actually really tasty. But I I don't mm. think anything like was really stuck out as like wowiness. It was more like, well, that was that was tasty. I didn't feel like I was robbed by it, but it was it wasn't anything that was like blow your mind good. And outside of that, I can't think of anything that yeah stood out in our mind. I mean, we actually had problems finding food like. Uh, at our during our our stay there like uh particularly the i mean both days i guess technically because uh, i didn't have i didn't eat dinner in universals when we went our first day i had to go to the city walk uh 
And I did the same thing uh, the next day, too. We went to the city walk for, uh, for dinner. And the surprising thing I was actually surprised about is that the Universal's Orlando city walk feels way inferior to the uh, Universal Studios Hollywood's city walk. Mm. Um, the stores in the Florida uh, city walk are very universal oriented. It's, it felt like I was just going to like a store to buy Universal Studios merch in one way or another. It was either the, you had a new store, or you had a legacy store. Uh, there was a few other stores, but not many. Uh, but at, you, the Universal's uh, Hollywood's uh, City Walk, they have a, more kitschy stores that have like more interesting like offerings uh, to like just go window shopping and actually maybe even finding like cool stuff to buy. I didn't feel like going shopping at the at the Florida Universal City Walk, but also I think uh, they didn't have as many like. I guess they had a lot of, they had maybe more sit down restaurants. I don't know. Uh, Cause the, the weights were ridiculous for tables. So for the seated restaurants, I think it was when we went out that first night, I think it was maybe like what a two hour wait. Yeah. It was two hours. And then the next night, <laughs> the next day when we were there and you weren't, it was like three hours um, because they still did the, they did uh, Halloween horror nights the next day too. And they kicked everybody out at, right. at six or seven, whatever. But so everybody who wasn't going to Hollywood, uh, the Halloween horror nights went over to the city walk. So the city walk got crazy <laughs> busy. Uh, so yeah. I think that first night, I just had a, I got hot dogs. Uh, and then the next night, uh, after making myself, not making myself sad the night before because of the hot dogs I ate, uh, I had Whoppers for dinner, like Burger King Whoppers. So that was the only thing that I could, <laughs> I could find to eat that wouldn't take hours to wait. And, Oh, and I, we dropped, I went, uh, Lori and I went back to the hotel. I dropped Lori off at the hotel, waited an hour and went back to the city walk to get my, my Whoppers because the line to get Whoppers was ridiculous. So it was just, it was just ridiculous trying to get food from the city walk. And, uh, they didn't even have like, you know, really all that great or interesting, like quick services there. Um, so yeah, definitely the city walk was disappointing. Uh, didn't get, we did want to go to one of the sit down restaurants, but like I said, the sit down restaurant, like even when we went the, so that night it was like three hours. And then the next day when we were just killing time before we had to go to the, the airport, we went to the city walk for lunch. Figure maybe if we went around eleven ish, twelve ish, 
We might actually get to into a sit-down restaurant while people are at the park. No, it was still like an hour and a half wait to get into like the restaurant we wanted to get into. So we never got uh, we never got to go to that restaurant. Yeah, even checking out some other restaurants, like they weren't even open yet. Some of the other yeah. sit-down restaurants. Wow. Huh. Jeez. So we ended up going to what the pizza place that we passed on two nights because it's like, well, it's just pizza. She's like, all right, well, it's starting to rain. They're covered. So our, I guess we're having pizza. <laughs> so it's like a uh, complete opposite from how you guys were feeling about Disney Springs versus downtown Disney, where Disney Springs significantly better than downtown Disney. Here it's Hollywood City Walk better than Orlando. Yeah. It, and it's so weird because the uh the Florida City Walk looks huge, but it it's it's huge, yeah. but it feels empty. And the fact that at least the biggest stores are just universal stores. It's kind of like, well, I just came from the park. I I could have got this stuff in the park. I don't need, you know, I guess it's convenient being out there, but they have two stores for it. Mm. Mm, right. Weird. Huh. Anything else on the uh, universal side you wanted to cover? Uh, I really enjoyed the, the Dr. Seuss land. I thought it was a, Oh yeah. I thought it was a cool looking land. Uh, I felt like I was in, I mean, it was kind of an immersive land. I mean, it was just kind of smaller. So you weren't in it for very long when you walked through it, but I thought it was, it was cute. Um, we did go and do some shows. They have a, a very interesting, uh, Jason Bourne, stunt show which was actually pretty cool uh how they ran it because they would like have this the stunt people come out and do stunts but the like behind them would have like like a a movie screen but it was like moving as well as them moving so Mm. it made like the stunts and the the uh the stage seem a lot bigger and uh it was well choreographed you know so I thought it was really interesting. I wasn't crazy about how they pack everybody in it at that time. <laughs> because even though they have that, that uh, we suggest you follow what CDC guidelines and stay a six foot distance from another, other parties. Well, when they pack you into the seats, they were not, <laughs> they did not make sure that there was like a distance between anybody. They pack you in. So that was that was Man. not uh, I was not crazy about that, but it was a good show. Um, I enjoyed. I still enjoy doing the the Men in Black shooting gallery. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, uh, I like uh, beating Laurie with the at the shooting games. <laughs> <laughs> You're good, Henry. You are. I good. thought it was cool though that they have the the giant dryers for people for water rides. That's cool. That was cool. I wish, yeah, I, I like wish that. somebody would have gone on a water ride with me at that point, Lori. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if only, <laughs> but she wasn't having it. <laughs> uh, I wish they would get those giant dryers at other like parks and stuff. But, uh, 
Yeah, I was. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, the Orlando parks. I felt that they were a surprise to me how much I enjoyed them. I didn't think I was going to, I don't know. They just kind of, I wasn't expecting much and they beat my expectations. So, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it definitely, I mean, it felt like a legitimate a tier theme park. Like it really was uh, a lot of fun. It was, I think initially when I walked away, it was, it doesn't quite have that kind of like cohesive magic that a lot of Disney parks have, but just thinking about the rides and a lot of those experiences, yeah, they were they were fantastic. Definitely, definitely top of class for I sure. I think it kind of throws me off that it's a Universal's park because it doesn't they don't have a tram, and that's what I always expect at a yeah. Universal's park. The other thing I forgot to mention too was I really enjoyed their interactive uh, fountain. <laughs> they had. Like, uh, uh, like, I don't know what they called it there. We were just like going down this, we were at this, uh, it was like their Atlantis mythological, uh, area. And, mm. uh, in the middle of kind of the, the shops and the restaurants and stuff, they had this like little fountain and they had somebody on the speaker talking to the kids and, and shooting them with water. <laughs> so cool. we for a minute uh Lori and i like sat down and rested and watched as the kids would like uh talk to the fountain and get wet and the and the fountain actually had jokes <laughs> so like oh, so nice. i mean the, the the it wasn't just like the fountain talking to the kids they it, the fountain was like you know talking to the kids but it was also cutting jokes on them like like a kid came up there and says, well, you know, I was here last time and they, and you know, uh, and you said, if I came back, you would, you would get me wet or something. And, and the, the, whoever's running the fountain and the was talking is like, yeah, I don't remember. You. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember you. Not holding. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know how many kids I see a day? <laughs> I was like, wow, that was, it was brutal, but it was like, you know, it was kid friendly brutal. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I, I enjoyed whoever had like, you know, good sense of humor and were fairly quick on their feet. <laughs> and that thing got you wet. So many, so many different ways. Like it had, uh, like water that would, cause it, there was a face, the water would shoot out kind of from the face, but there was also kind of like a water cannon on top that you didn't see. And every once in a while they would shoot it up from the top and it would just like come down like a, like a, like, like a it was like, just like, yeah, it was, it was pretty, they put a lot into that fountain much more than you would think, you know, and it didn't seem like there was much. Wow, yeah. There was nothing really to like tell you about the fountain either, which was kind of weird. Like, I think they would have made a little bit more of it. You just see some kids playing at it, and we needed a place to sit down. And all of a sudden, it's like, did that fountain just squirt that kid? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I mean, I, I figured something was up because 
we were sitting quite a ways away from the fountain, but there was quite a bit of water around our table and chairs and everything. So it was like, why is this area like super wet? It didn't rain today. So it must be coming from that fountain. So I was kind of always on the lookout to make sure I didn't get wet, soaked by that thing. But it was pretty fun. Uh, the only thing I saw was something that we apparently missed out on or they weren't doing it at the time, but they had like a lighting up the Hogwarts castle at night where they would have like death eaters come out Ooh. and like uh, do a parade down the street and they would light up the castle like a uh, with projectors as it got dark. So we're sitting there. And it's like, well, it's kind of hard to understand with the app is like, well, it says that they do it, but there's no time. Kind of like how um, in DCA they light up uh, radiator springs to the music at, and it's right at dusk. So there's not really a set time. So it's like, Oh, maybe it's, you know, something like that. But apparently it just, it only happens certain days. So that would have been a spectacle to see. I oh. kind of wish that we'd have known. Maybe it was something that we missed. Um, when we were doing the horror nights, I remember hearing some kind of music, some kind of like cacophony going off. And I think that was it. It was, mm. it was lighting up the Hogwarts castle. So that would be worth maybe another trip down to, to Florida. There you go. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> Gears are in motion. <laughs> cool. Yeah. No, I, I would, yeah, there's, there's a lot of little things I think in retrospect, I was like, Oh yeah, I totally missed this. Or I wish I would have, uh, have caught this. Like definitely because we were, yeah, it was so much of it was like a new experience for us. And there was just a lot that we were fitting in, in, uh, you know, single days that, yeah, I, I would totally be down to go back and take a little bit more of a, uh, a slow approach to each park. But yeah, no, I hear you. Um, so yeah. So while you guys on that last kind of day did, uh, a second day at Universal, I had a half day at SeaWorld. I basically had a late flight home. So I was like, all right, let's, let's see if I can try to fit one more in. And it definitely was pushing it because by that end, by the end of the trip, as we've talked about, we were, we were all pretty haggard. Uh, but, uh, but especially just like, I was like, oh, I'm more walking fine. Um, but I did go, I spent maybe th three or four hours there. Um, and it was only about 15 minutes away from universal, which was great, super easy. And beforehand, I had picked up, obviously, my ticket, um, and I picked up an, uh, their version of Express Pass on uh, Undercover Tourist had them for, like, 20 bucks, and which is significantly lower than if you had, if I had purchased it in person, they were going for, like, you know, I think it was, like, $75, $80, depending on the day. So, got that in advance just in case. Again, like I was working with a very limited amount of time. I wanted to try to maximize as much of that as I could. Um, the other bonus, because I had purchased everything through Undercover Tourist, it came with an all day, all you can eat pass, which was uh, fantastic. It was a nice little, it was a nice little boost. And the best part about it was that uh, not only could you eat every hour, which seemed pretty generous. But you could, uh, you could kind of like, you didn't have to get everything all at once. So if I stopped at one place, I could get a bottle of water and that would just be the water or the drink portion of that hour. 
And then I could get like a snack at some other place, a dessert at another place, an entree at another place. And if it was all within that hour, it would just be using that one kind of usage. So I, I didn't end up using a lot of my uh, my meal credits and I didn't feel bad about it because again, it came with, it was free. So it wasn't that big of a deal, but it was clutch just to have it for the water because again, like in Florida, it was hot from the Bay Area. I'm not used to that kind of hot, humid weather. Definitely drinking a lot of water. It helped that I could just stop at any place that accepted the band and uh, and be on my way. So that was a huge plus. The biggest kind of bummer initially, like I got there, I got all checked in, I was ready to hop on my ride, uh, hop on a coaster, and uh, I was immediately confronted with like, oh, you need to stuff your stuff, you know, your things in a locker, which made sense. That was the way it was at Universal. But Universal was basically like, hey, we've got these free lockers, use them and then grab your stuff when you're out. At SeaWorld, it all cost money. So it wasn't like a lot of money. It was like, it was maybe, let's see, like 12 bucks for a couple hours. Maybe I take that back. That is a little expensive. But uh, so it wasn't cheap. It definitely wasn't cheap. And as a solo person with like stuff, there was no way around it. Like they couldn't leave it with somebody. Uh, it was very much just like, hey, this is like an extra surcharge to your ticket. So it was like, all right, fine. Um, stuffed all my stuff in there and was kind of on my way. Uh, what I will say about SeaWorld, their coasters are incredible. And like I was saying before, VelociCoaster, no question that SeaWorld would have had the uh, the best coasters out of any of the parks in Orlando, and even with VelociCoaster, they just have a lot of really, really fun and varied different types of coasters. There was, you know, Manta, which was kind of like strap-in, uh, and, you know, it's the kind of like the over-the-shoulders sort of roller coaster, but then they tilt you back so your face is down, and you're just going over water that's spraying up, and you're doing loops, and just all the good coaster stuff. They had... Um, they had uh, another one. What was the name of it? It was, oh, Mako. Mako was my favorite. It was the biggest coaster there. And it basically was just a lot of free falls. Like you were going up really fast and then you'd hit that crest and then come down really fast. And it was just all along this kind of exterior lagoon that they had set up. Uh, that was just fantastic. So they just, it, all of their coasters were really fun. There was like four of them, I think. And, um, and they were all great. They were all totally great. And, uh, I didn't really need to use my express pass at all. It, it was helpful because again, I was, was basically operating in a, uh, a limited time frame here, but the sense that I got with SeaWorld is that it, it's kind of like a C tier park. And if you go in knowing that it's going to be a C tier park, then it, it's going to be good times, right? Like you're not going to go in with sky high expectations. And I think because it's that C, level, uh, that C kind of tier park, it's nowhere near as crowded as Disney or Universal. So throughout the day, maybe the max that, you know, one of the more popular coasters would hit would be like 30 to 45 minutes. So it wasn't too bad in terms of the line waiting that you were doing. And there was like nobody else using Express Pass. So it legitimately was a walk-on. It was just kind of like, yeah, hey, you walked through the exit 
and they usually had like one lane that was dedicated to express pass users. Bam, you sat in it. You were immediately on the ride. So helpful if you're really trying to maximize your day. Uh, but again, like if you're there for the full day, you probably wouldn't need to, to use it. There's only a handful of coasters anyway. So it's not like you're going to be, even if you were waiting an hour for each ride, you could easily ride most of those coasters probably twice. Um, so that was, that was definitely a highlight. I will also say another, another kind of major highlight for me is the food generally throughout the park was just okay, but I had one of the best meals that I had throughout my time in Orlando, not my best meal, not my favorite meal. That was probably at, uh, at Disney Springs that one night at, uh, at, uh, at, uh, Homecoming. Homecoming. Yeah. Thank you. Homecoming. That was, that was the best meal that I had throughout uh, the trip, but this was probably my second favorite. And it was at this, uh, it was at the waterway, sorry, it was at the waterway grill. And it was, it's kind of like the layout of the park is super strange, but they do kind of have themed ish areas and they've got, um, a whitewater rapid ride that was super popular because it was a really hot day. And then they had kind of, it was like a tropical Caribbean themed restaurant uh, called the Waterway Grill. And it was, they had all sorts of different kind of Caribbean themed food, but I had like roasted pork with black beans and rice and uh, plantains. And it was incredible, man. That pork, that pork was amazing. Like definitely beyond what you would expect uh, anything from a theme park. So it really was legitimately good. I was, I was very happy with that. Like I said, outside of that, I wasn't feeling great about a lot of those options. Benefit again of, of having that all day eats pass was that, you know, if I ordered something that I didn't like, uh, potentially, I guess I could have just forgotten about it and tried somewhere else in an hour. Again, not, not a problem that I had, but it, does at least give you a little bit of flexibility, a little, a little room for some backups. Um, so that was there. The one thing I will say about that is like about uh, SeaWorld as well is like they had a lot of coasters, which is great if you're, if you're into coasters and had a lot of stuff for kind of younger kids. They had a whole Sesame street land. They had a lot of activities there's kind of like a, a you know, a, a animal kind of encounter thing going on there. There were like times where kind of like on the side of the walkway, there were just like flamingos standing there. Super bizarre. It didn't, didn't have like a zoo feeling to it, but yeah, there were just like wild animals out and about every so often. So that would be amazing if you were kind of younger, but if you're not into coasters, you don't have young kids there's just not very much there for you. You're going to be left high and dry. There was one other ride that was kind of like Antarctica penguin themed that was trackless. There was that, but it wasn't very good. And uh, it was very short. And like I said, like there's just not that many other options if you're not super into coasters or aren't some young person looking for kind of younger people rides <laughs> you're, you're gonna be you're gonna be out of luck uh and then yeah the only other takeaway that i had really was that like i was saying the the park navigation was really confusing and i and i don't know how much of that is a knock on the park itself 
because anytime you're in a new theme park that you're not used to it, uh, it is always a little bit confusing, but there were a lot of areas within the park that you couldn't, you know, you had to double back to in order to kind of cross some bridge or, you know, just like dead ends that you'd find yourself in. And I was trying to follow signs and it was just really confusing. The app, not very <laughs> good. <laughs> so I remember like, Laura, you and I were talking about, uh, you know, the app at like Universal, it was, it was definitely not a Disney caliber app at SeaWorld. So it was a little confusing. Not a lot of the great information that I would uh, normally hope to find, but yeah, that was not so mm. great. I guess uh, we may have to give ups to, to Disney's app, but I still think they, they have room to, to improve that app. Um, Oh yeah, definitely. After using tons, yeah, of after using uh, Universal's like uh, virtual queue, uh, that was a pain to try and figure that one out. So I, I definitely have to say that Disney, as bad as their virtual queue system is, it's definitely still better than Universal's virtual queue, uh, and more <laughs> and more clear on how you use it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you definitely totally right. Like you take for granted a lot of the features that are built into the Disney app. And it was funny because SeaWorld had just relaunched their app and even had like, you know, some kind of like signage advertising it. And, uh, it was like, okay, this is great, but like, you can't tell me like what ride times are or like you know give me like really clear directions in terms of how to get from one place to another or uh you know i just i found myself and this was the case of universal as well doing a lot of map kind of pointing and hunting for specific things it wasn't always clear like you know how what one kind of like ticker was and it was wasn't clear where i was on the map and it was just it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a headache, but it didn't take me, but by, by the time I left again, half, half, half a day, um, I was pretty comfortable with how the park was laid out. So it, that was at least okay. Mm. That sounds cool. Uh, it sounds like an interesting, I, I didn't know they had a Sesame street land. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, I guess, I guess that is a big thing. I know that that's a, I think they have a whole second gate. At the SeaWorld San Diego Park. There's a whole Sesame Street Park, I think, that oh, they're building. Actually. If it's not already out yet. Yeah, I think so. I did hear something like that. It sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it, it, like I said, it's, it's a solid C tier. Like, you know, it's definitely fits in really well as a park that... Um, Maybe not, you're not going out of your way for, but if you have extra time and you either have done Disney and Universal or, you know, you just maybe don't want to pay those prices for a day and you want something that has some fun thrill rides, uh, uh, SeaWorld definitely fits nicely into that uh, category where you can easily kind of knock it out in a day and feel pretty good about the time that you spent there. It sounds like it sounds like our Six Flags Discovery Kingdom, but actually better, but actually good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
it's about that. It's it's like a that's probably about right. It's a Six Flags kind of that middle of the pack kind of tier style park for sure. Maybe a little bit more theming, but yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's still yeah, like I guess if if it's considered. I mean, maybe it's more of a, a B tier because I definitely think our Six Flags Discovery Kingdom is below uh, SeaWorld that, that you're describing. So I guess that would make yeah. either, uh, I mean, either SeaWorld is a, a B tier. If it's a C tier, then Six Flags Discovery Kingdom is either D or E. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, it's it's pretty bad because it's spicy too. Well, I mean it. I don't know if they, they. I mean they've definitely added some coasters and stuff to to the park, but even when I was younger and definitely a lot smaller, those rides used to beat the dickens out of you. I, I used to I used to come back from that park and I would have bruises, like, and that was when I was younger and could could take that kind of stuff um and they didn't have any kind of real theming but i guess they have like a maybe the dc theme now um but yeah i they they were pretty bad it was a pretty bad park pretty pretty low um no no frills type park uh yeah, so. to their defense, it has been a while since we've gone though. So there's quite a few new rides that we're yeah. just not sure of. But yeah, but I keep seeing those old rides though. <laughs> so <laughs> those old rides, they calling Henry. Those name. old rides that used to hurt me <laughs> and abuse me. I see them. I see them. <laughs> They're still there. They're still waiting for you. So <laughs> they're waiting for Henry. <laughs> Kong's waiting for you. Come, Henry. <laughs> Not going anywhere anytime I think soon. Now, uh, uh, I think yes. now they have a virtual headset that they put on you so you don't see when they're going to hurt you. <laughs> oh, that is, you know what? There is no better setup for the COVID <laughs> era. That, nothing sounds better than strapping on a headset that probably 20 other sweaty people have worn that day. <laughs> Anyway, man, so that is that covers our epic Orlando trip. It's like it like, happened in October, both feels like it was yesterday and last year. It's pretty wild. It's pretty crazy. Did it. Let's do it again, Henry. Let's 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 uh let's start planning, uh Lori. Let's make it happen. I'm game. <laughs> Ha, <laughs> Henry. Well, I'm not going back to Orlando until I have Tron to go to. Oh, that may be a while. I'm I'm here in uh, 2023 at this point. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I might as well wait to then. Could, but I want. I, it's just too disappointing to see it being worked on and not being able to ride it. Uh, and it, it worries me that I'll be able to fit on it though. After not fitting on Pandora, surprisingly, I fit on everything at Universal's, which is the park I was worried I wouldn't fit, and it wound up being a Disney park yeah. where I didn't fit on something. So, I think it was that guy. It was the operator. He was not. Uh, 
He was not really putting his back into it. If nah, you know. I mean, yeah, it would feel better if I could blame him, but I think it's because I didn't put my, I had put my feet flat. If I would have raised him up like I did before, uh, it, I probably would have kind of been able to, me if he put his, put some oomph into it, I would have been able to fit, but uh, yeah. You're the one that needed to put their back into it, is what no. you're saying. <laughs> needed his toes on point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch The Great Park Hop each and every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you made it this far, you're hopefully enjoying the podcast, so don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and hit that like button. This has been episode 64 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you next time. This is the end of the year. I guess it's technically the beginning of the year, so we're taking a little bit of time off. But we will catch you in February. Sure, there's going to be a ton of stuff. All the best news is going to drop in the next couple of weeks. So it'll be perfect timing. We'll be able to come back with a bunch of old news that's no longer valid and talk about it. Sounds pretty good, right? Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Anyway, until then, please stay healthy, everybody. Henry, Lori... We will talk next time about all sorts of juicy theme park news. Happy 2022. Yes, happy new year. <laughs> happy new year. Happy 2022. Let's make it a good one. I'm looking forward to it. Bye. Bye.